Welcome in, everyone, to episode 57 of the Battlecats podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Payne, joined by my co-host, Speedish Chief. How's it going, Caleb? How are you feeling? It's good. It's good. You know, um, I'm a little nervous uh, when we have to do our legend race progress. To my knowledge, I don't think you've hit legend yet because you haven't made a post on Twitter about it. And, you know, it's not official until you post on Twitter. So I'm thinking I got a little bit of time, even if I'm behind. But um, how much time? We'll, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, post it on Twitter so I know it's real. That's thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no. You're right. I haven't quite gotten there, but I did. Uh, I did climb a little bit. You did. Well, yeah. that's not good news for me because. Um, oh, we'll get into that. But um, okay. anyway, that was. Uh, it's been a busy weekend. Uh, if honestly, like, if any, if anyone's been around this weekend, they know uh, there was the rockets, um, mm-hmm. and there was the PvP stuff, um, and yeah, it was what forty sets in total. Uh, which yeah. was a lot, and then a bunch of rockets, and you could TM stuff away. Um, I was running low on time personally, and this is the weird part. But I got to send a message to Niantic support about this too. I t- I evolved my Shadow uh, Chikorita, TM'd away frustration, evolved it, and it didn't learn Frenzy Plants. Now, granted, what? this happened at exactly 11.59 p.m., like a minute before midnight, <laughs> right? So, yeah, you could say I waited till the last minute. I literally waited till the very last minute. But it was because I was evolving other stuff, right? I was running low on time. I tried to do my sets, and I couldn't finish all my sets. I don't know how many sets I got through, but it had to be at least over 15, I think, at that point. But, I, you know, I was trying to go through my sets, and then I was trying to TM stuff and evolve stuff. And just, you know, like in, in 15, I had about like 13 minutes to check all my shadows TM away frustration on my shadows that I needed, and then evolve all of the all of the starters and uh, at or what was what was it primary primary uh partner was that oh yeah primary partner Pokemon yeah primary partner Pokemon I think all my primary partner Pokemon and as you can see I went from probably or you might not know but I went from generation one to generation two and <laughs> I didn't make it past generation two. <laughs> oh, man. I stopped at Megadium, but um, it's fine. I don't think Total Dial is super useful, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about the other ones. Um, I got through my Typhlosions, which I didn't have a ton of, but... Oh, very nice. Anyway, so I guess in a... We'll see. I, I don't... I doubt they'll give me a Elite Charge TM, but... Dude, it was like a rank like 9 or something Great League Shadow Meganium too, so... Oh, I kinda, man. I kind of want to try to make it work, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like not only for Great League but also Ultra League, the Shadow Meganium is actually quite good. Yeah, it, you know the most unfortunate part about Shadow Meganium is really Talonflame, because yeah, true. before true. Talonflame, like I guess you had the Skarmories, but I, I think it's also because there's just other grass now. Um, primarily Trevenant, you know, Tre- Trevenant's pretty annoying for it, but at the same time, Trevenant's kind of glassy, so the Frenzy Plants will kind of add up. Uh, yeah. so I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Townflame and Tropius are the real hard walls to it, dude. Nothing, nothing feels better <laughs> than having a Tropius locked into a Meganium when you're the Trope. It, it makes it seem like Skarmory's bad against Meganium when you have Tropius instead. But yeah, right. Well, I, I think a, a golden rule as well is to never safe switch grass. Um, I, whenever I build a team and it has like Venusaur or something, and I. I get into this bad habit sometimes of team building when I want to safe swap like Trevenant or Venusaur, and I always get hard countered. 
I never met anyone who's actually say swapped a grass and still won a lot of games, right, Caleb? Right? <laughs> you're say swapping the wrong grass. You know, there's a my friend <laughs> Shift Tree can got a word or two for you, but yeah, typically yeah, speaking. Grass is not the best say swap, especially in the era of skarmies and stuff. So you have to be yeah. Trevenant is probably one of the better grass to say swap, with the exception of Manabus and Pidgeot. If those two True. things did not exist, it, it, there's I don't think there's anything that really hard walls Trevenant too much. I guess it's the few, a few of the dark poisons, I guess, but yeah. even the dark poisons take a lot from Shadow Ball. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's it's weird too because we've been watching so many different. Uh, poke, play Pokemon regionals and internationals for Pokemon Go, and I swear when you see top tier players play the games, it like almost doesn't seem right. Like it almost seems yeah. like no matter how bad the matchup is, they make it look close somehow. Like no matter what, <laughs> if you look at every grand finals or every top eight on day two or even day one matchups, you're like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a Trevenant versus a Walrein, right? This Walrein's got this, right? And then you're like, whoa, this is kind of close, and you're just like. All right, it's a Walrein versus a Nidoking. Queen. Walrein's got this. And you're like, no, no, wait, hold on. The Nidoking's Queen's actually kind of making this really close. You know, you get a few, like, baits here or there, and, like, all of a sudden, you're in striking range. I'm just like, what is going on? Um, yeah, no, I it, agree. It's it, not like Walrein's bad. <laughs> like, it's actually <laughs> brokenly good, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It, it's kind of interesting, too, because we're putting together the Road to Worlds tournament, which I'm sure, like, maybe we'll mention later. But uh, we look back at the footage, right, because some of it's pre-recorded, and we say, okay, they led... Uh, Metacham into Ninetales, they safe swapped Nidoqueen and a Swapper came out and they still won the game, right? Uh -huh. So like we we know the outcome in advance, but we know the matchups too. And we're watching it, we're like, how the heck does this trainer come back from like bad lead and bad swap? And it's really impressive to see, like you said, because sometimes like, for example, Shadow Nidoqueen versus Shadow Swampert. If you land that first Poison Fang, even when all four shields are still in play, you can two shield the Nidoqueen through the Swampert. Yes, it does cost you both of your shields, but Nidoqueen beating Swampert is just outrageous, right? Yeah, Nidoqueen is pretty busted. To be honest, I lost against <laughs> Nidoqueen with my Kofagrigus earlier today, so I, oh, I sympathize. No. Yeah. They, land, they land one Earth Power, and then they just two-shield it, and Poison jabbed me down, and I'm just like, oh, I should have shielded yeah. I, I learned for the second matchup, the second time I faced it, I shielded the Earth Power, so... Um, and I think right. this player knew what was going on, because they didn't even attempt to shield the Nidoqueen after that, so... Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of trainers learn the matchup that way, right? Like they learn, mm -hmm. okay, if I land Earth Power, even if it's Kofagrigus, I can just straight Poison Fang all the way through. They have to throw Shadow Ball or whatever, and they just know. And mm -hmm. I think that really d divides a lot of players as well because these top tier trainers, they'll know if I land Earthquake on Metachain with my Galarian Stunfisk, like I can win whatever matchup that comes next. They just know it. Yeah, this is a pretty crazy one too that I didn't realize until like maybe about a year ago or so. Scrafty and Ultra League. If you counter swap a Scrafty uh, safe swap with Shadow Machamp, if they land just one power punch, even the first power punch, they win that in two shields. Or maybe, no way. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And they just have a, you just have to deal with a ramped up Scrafty and you lose switch advantage with it. Right. But, it, it, the, but who's going to shield it? Because they're not going to throw foul play and it's coming out so quickly. You're like, there's no way this is foul play. There's no need to shield it. But they get one power punch on your Shadow Machamp and they just, they could just take you out after that. Which is no. nuts. Yeah. Shadow uh, or Scrafty in Ultra League is pretty wild if you have an excelled one.
Yeah, it's it's like a knife fight, right? Like you don't want to take a blow, you don't want to take a you know a stab, a stab counter, so to speak. But once you take like three or four <laughs> sure. of those, you're like, holy crap! Mm -hmm. You take that first pup, and then like halfway through that matchup, your Machamp is like yellow health. Like, how did this happen? Yeah, yeah, it's and like you see it coming, but by the time you realize it, it's way too late. So that's just like one of those weird matches. Yeah. You're just like, like what? Like I guess yeah. I need like I need a charmer to take this out. Otherwise, it's just not going down. And it's the same yeah. thing um, when you have something like a Kofagrigas versus Scrafty or a Shadow Bonnet versus Scrafty because I've been running that as well. I've been running both Kofagrigas and Shadow Bonnet in Great League. But if you counter swap a Scrafty uh, or the Scrafty counter swaps you and they don't bait you, you could take them out with just throwing straight Shadow Balls. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that was... Um, <laughs> That was my weekend. How how was your weekend too? I seem pretty busy. Yeah, so mine mine was pretty good. Uh, Go Battle weekend was so crazy because I remember at the end of Go Battle days, after streaming for five or six hours, I always asked myself like, if this was happening tomorrow, would I actually do this? Would I actually do this all over again? And the answer is usually no. But I just want to say like I agree with you. Uh, I don't know if if we talked about this before. I believe we did. But the, I feel like there should have been more time. There should have been more time to do your evolutions, to TM your shadows, because you wanted to jump into GBL, but then every two hours you're getting the rocket balloon, and then if you have a home stop, you're probably getting a rocket every couple of hours as well. And you just want to get these shadows when you can, especially the valuable ones like the Squirtles, the Charmanders, the Bulbasaurs, and the Leaders. I mean, I was burning rocket radars without any open egg space, which I typically never do. I always want to collect those red eggs, you know, the 12 kilometers, because mm -hmm. there's so much dust and there's rare spawn or rare uh, hatches, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like there should have been more time, but I did a lot of battles. In terms of ELO, I peaked at 27.30, but then I got knocked down, and I was using Tapu Fini with Registeel and Trevenant, and it was a lot of fun. Ooh, that does seem pretty nice. Uh, wait, so what's your what's your current ELO at? So my current ELO is 26.41. Oh, you're still ahead of me. <laughs> but, but not by much. I was up to like almost like 2,700, and then I dropped to 2,572, so we're, yeah. we're still... We're still hovering around the similar area, so... Um, We're, like, one good day away. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay. All right. So, I feel okay. I feel okay about it, because I'm still... Even after that whole weekend of battles, I'm still running the one does. Um, which, yeah, those... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I wish... I kind of wish, you know, in the ideal world, we had them at two separate weekends or something. Because you're like, I want to I wanna try to do all my battles or as many battles as I can, especially if you're a streamer and you want to stream the battles for some content. People might want to watch your battles. But if they're watching, then at most it might be battling themselves or they might not even be battling. And uh, unless you live on like five Pokestops, like you're not doing rocket stops either while you're watching. You know, you're not... Well, I guess you could watch Twitch while you're, while you're walking around, I guess. But... You know, yeah. I know for me when I'm streaming like Twitch while walking around, like the service not great, and you know, it's it's just not the same interaction. Like you can't really type in chat while you're like catching stuff outside or doing rocket stops on your phone. So, um, I get that not everyone does do battle so. So for those that don't PvP as much, it's not as big of a deal. They just do the rockets. Um, I think for everyone that PvPs, they just, they still want to do the rockets. So it, it doesn't it doesn't go both ways, I guess, in that regard. But I think also as a company, if Niantic wants to get more people into PvP, then they, they don't want to have overlapping stuff to do with it, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I think uh, uh, I think the event itself was cool, and I liked uh, all the different perks and everything. I just wish that um, 
they were separate because again i ran out of time and didn't even evolve my meganium <laughs> into frenzy plant <laughs> even, even with a minute left so um yeah. but yeah i feel the same way with you too i don't typically do the rocket radars unless i have an open egg slot but mm -hmm. i was holding out to 12 i was holding out to 12 12 kilometer eggs all synced oh. up and like trying to hatch them on like friday right and I still have them because I didn't really leave my apartment this weekend. I was doing battle, so I couldn't even walk them off. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not really collecting eggs at this point. I'm just going to do the try to get a shiny primary Pokemon, <laughs> primary primary yeah. Pokemon. But um, so that's that's all. And, and on top of that, too, I actually had my Sylph, um, Sylph Arena Regionals tournament this uh, Sunday, yesterday as well. So that took oh. up a couple hours, too. Oh, dude, no way. So you were you were going from GBL to Rockets to Silph Arena Regionals and back? <laughs> yes. No and I, like, barely prepped for it because I was like, dude, I've been doing this other stuff, right? And it, and yeah. it, also the meta was down to, like, a week and a half ago. And mine is on the very first weekend. So I, I literally <laughs> did, like, maybe, I think, with the actual team I brought, I played two sets, two best of threes. The night wow. before, but well, it was actually the the morning of because it's like past midnight. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I played a set with Arrow and I played a set with my teammate Twastel. So shout out to those two guys. I did some other like a little bit of scrims outside of that, but they were with like other teams. Like a Shadow Venomoth was on my team at one point, but it just wasn't as good, nice. so I took it off. Um, but um, but yeah, so it went well. Uh, I, I moved out all the way to LA and joined the California Regionals, and it was super stacked. Yep. Um, yep. You had big names like Party Marty apparently just moved over here too. So Party Marty was here. Uh, Peter Von Berno was the highest ranked person. I, I wasn't actually too familiar with this person. They're not on Twitter, but they're the highest ranked person. They were a legend as well. Uh, yeah. You got Chris Lazoon from Chile was here. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe couldn't make it to any of his, but I was just like, why is like, he's in this dude? Like, it's wild. We had Sovtov, yeah. Zero Elite Zero, uh, Big oh, Green. Wow. Dude, mm -hmm. and, and here's the wild part. Uh, and I might be missing some people, so I do apologize if I if I forgot any people, uh, anyone. But there were there were like forty four signups, but there were only about like twenty something people that showed up. So it was not only stacked, but there weren't a lot of rounds. So every round you're facing like someone pretty good. Uh, we had yeah. like RC Cola, like Quaza, um, yeah, a lot of people in there. So it was Dre Flames as well. Like it was it was wildly yeah. stacked. I mean, um, South South California, you know, LA area is known for being one of the densest, most like incredibly talented areas of the whole world. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where uh, Limon Lime came from as yeah, well. Yeah, right? Limon Lime, his brother Mystic Mamba, Gucci Gang, Darth Farad, yeah. all these guys actually did not sign up for this one or did not show up. So I, I luckily got to dodge them, but I still had to fight some <laughs> other top trainers. Um, so if they all showed up too, man, yeah, we had twenty six people in total. And Assign Rhino is another one of them too, but um, I've almost named like half the roster at this point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. it went okay. I got I got second place, so I got my continental spot. So I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. Oh, nice, dude! That's amazing. Yeah, with only, only six games of practice. <laughs> six. Right okay, I will say, uh, in all honesty, it was actually seven games because me and Arrow tied one of the game, so we had to play a seventh. Uh, for, uh, Ooh, you know, a, a, okay, a fourth game. Yeah, that's it. So. Okay, so now now your second place finish is almost expected. Seven games. <laughs> yeah, seven games. Yeah, Fine. yeah. Yeah, no. so I was tied with uh, three other players with also went four and one, but I had the most amount of wins. So uh, I was the one that took the spot. So that was good. Um, uh, usually for the last two years, 
I didn't win regionals or qualify through regionals, but I was just banking on my global rank to get me in, and I was fairly highly ranked to get to guarantee a spot every time. But this season, I've been just chilling. <laughs> like, like if you look at my silk card, it's just straight five twos and like four twos. Maybe I had a four three for a rank. <laughs> like, I, I I like started out doing like, oh, I'm gonna do like three tournaments or four tournaments a month, and then it just like fiddled down to like I'm just doing one tournament a month. You know, at this point. Yeah. Um, well, speaking to to trainers who maybe have only done GBL and now they're looking at the play Pokemon tournament circuit, mm -hmm. you can actually go and join Sylph and do open Great League tournaments. Yeah, that are that are pretty common. So that's good ways to uh, to get practice. I think my Sylph card is similar. It's mostly factions, and then I think like a few Great League tournaments. I think I did one or two specialized cups. But I'm the same way, man. It's just like life has been pretty busy. So I've mm -hmm. kind of dialed back on the Sylph. And like you, I'm, I'm pretty focused on the Play Pokemon tournament circuit. But um, yeah. yeah, the the regionals are so fun. It's good to get a different uh, feel for uh, different metas as well. Because, for example, in Go Battle League, for the longest time, we just had the open leagues. And now we have uh, Love Cup. We've got Halloween. We've got you know themed metas like Retro. And you look at these metas and you look at Sylph and there's so many similarities. So you can actually, uh, I think learning a meta and condensing it down and simplifying it and then figuring out how to address it is actually a skill in itself. So if you're struggling in GBL and you think, oh man, well, I can't learn just in blind battles because it's just too tough. I just lose too much. You can always try Sylph, go in there and, and see what the meta is like and kind of learn how the different pieces move around and then take those same analytical qualities and bring that over to GBL and then you can pick up the metas faster. That's that's like my standard advice if you're looking into Sylph for the first time. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of players got into Sylph actually through factions, so team format too. Uh, because, yeah. you know, especially if you're, you know, on Twitch or on Twitter and stuff or in different discords, you met a lot of people that also played GBL through a lot of those different uh, avenues and you end up forming a team together or something you're like hey let's do a team and you know now you do show six every single week with a bunch of friends and so if you if you don't have you know maybe don't know people that are looking to form a team you could obviously do the individual stuff uh, or you could you know look out for like call outs for people looking for teammates as well um, because you know there, there's always people trying to recruit at the same time too um but yeah, like Speedy said, like you can do the open Great League tournaments that they host. Uh, a lot of them were, a lot of those were hosted in preparation for the different play Pokemon uh, tournaments. So there might be a little bit less of that at the moment. But if you're really itching for some show six Great League open, there's a open Great League slots actually in the team format in factions. So there's a few restricted picks where like you can't bring, you know, you can't bring Bastion, Registeel, Chiefs, and Azu on the same team. Like, you know, all of those sure. will fall into restricted areas, but you can bring like two of those or three of those. I don't actually know specifically because I don't play the Great League spot, but there's some restrictions. But it, it still allows you to play some fairly solid stuff. And that way you're not just playing just straight open Great League every time. There's a few restricted picks, which makes things a little bit interesting. Um, yeah. Exactly right. It, it helps you to learn different matchups as well and like practice with maybe like fringe meta picks like Beedrill, which we, we call it spice, right? At our regionals, we're like, oh my God, somebody brought Shadow Beedrill and they made it to the semifinals or somebody brought Obstagoon and, you know, they're in the finals. We call it kind of spice, but it, it can be like very useful and very anti-meta. So it's a good way to kind of discover those matchups where if you only have five sets of, G, five sets of GBL, you might not say, okay, I'm going to bring... I don't know, something like Rhydon to Kanto Cup because you don't want to experiment. You don't want to, you don't want to lose ELO, but you can do that in Sylph as well. But it's a great format. I think I, I learned a lot from it for sure. 
Yeah, and you know, I think it's Axon was one of the players that was saying uh, I mostly got into PvP from just GBL. I did more GBL than Show Six stuff, and. You know, I think we mentioned this before, GBL can teach you a lot of good motor and mechanical skills for the game, but I'd be shocked if its accent showed up to uh, their first play Pokemon tournament without any Show 6 experience. Like, And I know its accent's on a faction team too, so there's no way they didn't have it, but like, regardless of how good you are in GBL, you should definitely warm up with some Show 6, right? Just so when you show up in person to these events, you're not blindsided by, you know, finding like how to pick your three you know team building a team of six and team building a team of three and also strategizing with a team of six is very different you got me sitting here in the 2500 elo range after like a lot of people on twitter hit legend but i still could you know put up enough wins to qualify for continentals in show six right because it's just it's just a different format and feel and you know at the same time too gbl is Everyone plays GBL for different reasons. I like to have fun with it and do stuff. Like I'm, I'm dead set on not using Trevenant Wolverine the same team, <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's a very strong pairing. And you know, if you want to hit Legend, you should probably go for that or just go for Double Charm at this point. So, um, so that's that's just <laughs> right? my take. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're definitely right. It, and I always say half of the battle in Show Six is building a good team, which honestly can melt your brain. Right? You you put mm -hmm. a team six together. You say, "Oh my God, I'm so weak to Mandibuzz. I need to put in like I don't know, Reggie Steel or Galarian Stunfisk." And then you add those Pokemon. You say, "Oh no, I'm too weak to Swampert. Now I'm now I'm screwed. Right? I'm in trouble." Every team is always going to have holes in it. And uh, well, like I was saying, the first half of the battle is building a good team, and the second half is figuring out what your opponent is likely to do against you. So if you have an obvious Swampert weakness, you can just lead something that counters Swampert, and you can. Count, you can kind of catch that Swampert in the lead or in the back, wherever you predict it might be, and then you can kind of go from there. I think Toshi in one cup, didn't he bring like five waters? And he <laughs> forced his opponent to bring a grass type in the lead every game, and he just led Kanto Ninetales every single game. That's like, okay, granted that's oversimplified, right? That's kind of wacky. It's Toshi, right? But he still made it work, and I think the principle is the same. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... You're you're completely right too. Setting up, I think it was one of the Silph Cups. I it was Rose Cup. I think um, I made my team super weak to Low Marowak. I think I had three things I lose to Low Marowak, and the fourth thing was like a soft check to Low Marowak. It was like Pro Pass versus Low Marowak, right? So it's like it's like okay, but it's not really great on for either side. And I just remember that I brought in. Sableye in the lead because Alola Marowak looked so good against my team. Everyone brought Alola Marowak because everyone had one on the team and everyone yeah. brought it into my team. And I kid you not, I caught, I won like, I, I, I won almost every single game in that entire tournament. I lost one game, but like I won every set and I went 3 0 in like all the other ones. And it's because I caught, I caught out the Alola Marowak in the lead every time. And here's what I did. I brought Alone Marowak. I brought the other thing that beats Alone Marowak, and I brought the Purple Pass in like every line. <laughs> so, so yeah. even though I had three things terrible against it, they never saw any of those. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think the one time I lost, I brought a Viaplume when I shouldn't have. So, but that was that was about <laughs> it. So, um, yeah. but it's it, yeah, it's it's a it's a big strategy, and at the same time, as you said, it could be a huge headache because you know that meme where like people are trying to like patch holes up, but there's just like more leaks every time you patch another hole, right? That's how it feels well, yeah. when I'm team building sometimes for any show six form. I'm like, 
I'm like, uh, yeah, I bring this, but now I'm weak to this. But then if I bring this, I'm weak. Like, there's there's almost never, like, a perfect team, you know? Everything's going to be a little weak to something. But honestly, I feel like the teams that are very weak to something are also very strong because if you're building a team that's not balanced and it's really weak to something, it means that you're overcompensating in a separate area, which actually makes it really hard for some of you to play into because you're like, well, shoot, like... You know, I gotta bring a low America because it's so good against the team. But then, like these two, these two Pokemon they bring are just going to constantly, you know, roll me right. Um, yeah. I, I ran into a similar problem against uh, in Show Six format. It was it was Go Team Up, a team format, draft format, and my opponent it was Burnabus actually. He had um, he had a Frostas, I think a Lola Marowak, uh, and then two other things weak to Bassidon, uh, Altaria right. As well was mm-hmm. one of the three, right? And that's like the like one of the worst matchups in the world, right? Bastion was Altaria for the Altaria. And I was like, oh, I got this easy, right? Like, I can't wait. And then I look at the rest of the team. I was like, wait, hold on. He has Azumarill and Registeel. Like, it's a, it's like, it was like a few, it was like a, almost like two years ago. It was like the yeah. standard, like, Altaria, Azu, Registeel core. And I was like, wow, this is great for my Bastion, but it's so scary to bring the Bastion because you just get locked into the Azu or the Registeel and you're done for. And this is before XL Bastion was the thing and everyone's running Hydro Pump on their Zoomerill, so like it was not a great matchup. And yeah. I was like, wow, I was like, this is actually not as easy as I thought it was going to be. But, you know, even though his whole team was really weak to Bastion except for those two, he just bought those two Pokemon every time. And I... I had to try to catch the Altaria with my Bastion. It was super hard um, because <laughs> I had a one in three sh- shot. <laughs> and it did not go yeah. so well. Yeah, it's tough. And, and then sometimes if you build a really well-rounded team, you find that your team looks exactly like most other teams as well. Mm-hmm. If you've got one counter user, one ice type, one ghost, you know, one anti-flyer, one flyer, if you basically have the same components, then it just becomes a guessing game. And I, I honestly don't like those very much. Uh, my favorite form of sylph metas are actually the slot metas. You have one slot, you know, can be from a white list of Pokemon. The second slot has to be from another list of Pokemon. I actually like those metas the most because it allows me to look at a team and say, okay, this is an Altaria Probopass team. So what are my core breakers that I've picked that can beat this style of team? Essentially is how I boil it down. Well, I know why you like that a lot because I'm sure you remember Continentals two years ago. It oh, was yeah. a, it was a slot based format and <laughs> and you, you killed it. Partial. Yeah, you killed it. I personally actually don't like those as much. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it, for for the for the exact same reasons you like it. I think I don't yeah. like it because it's uh, everything's a little more like set in stone. Which for my mind, I like the chaos a little bit more. But gotcha. you know that's just that's just how I play, I guess. <laughs> but but no, yeah, you're right though. Those those metas are really interesting, especially to make them. Yeah, I, I think I just built a bad team to be honest. <laughs> I was I was double weak to charm with Sable and Altaria, and I remember one game I'm running into a Nine Ninetales team, and I bring a Nine Ninetales, Sable and Altaria, and I'm like. Oh, no. Wow, if I don't catch the low Ninetales in the lead, I'm screwed. And, like, legit, I caught the low Ninetales in the lead, but, like, after that battle, I sat there thinking, I was like, yeah, that could have gone so poorly. Like, what am I thinking here? <laughs> like, why am I bringing a low Ninetales as my only low Ninetales check and having two things weak to it? It was just... I mean, I, I think the opponent was actually shocked, too, because it was just like, there's no way this person's <laughs> going to do this, right? So, yeah, anyway, it's I was, like the I was playing wild. Yeah, yeah. 
man, it's like the the infuriating nonsense where you see like, um, for example, you see like a Medicham lead with a Lola Marowak in the middle and a Scrafty in the back. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this crap? Like, of course, if they lead into a Charmer, they play an ABA, but you think the counter user's gone and then there's another one. No, sometimes it's more outrageous than that. It's like a, it's like a Lola Ninetales, or it'd be like a Medicham with this with a Scrafty and like a Mandibus in the back with like Snarl. <laughs> and you, I'm just like, yeah. what? Like, but, but the thing is like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause this past weekend I was, there was some, te- I was just messing around with different teams and I played a Registeel in the lead team and I ran to Registeel. Uh, I ran to Registeel, uh, or sorry, I ran to Shadow Victory Bell and Double Charmer. And oh, I, no. I legit, I think I almost lost to that team. Because I had double yeah. ghosts. I had a ben- Shadow Bennett and a Kofa in the back. And that that, that Wigglytuff is a wall to both of those, right? Um, yes. And uh, it, it, they're just trying to whittle down my Registeel as much as possible with the Shadow Victory Bell. And it's such a bad matchup. But the problem is, like, without Flash Cannon, you're just doing resistant damage. They don't even have to shield the Sap Cannon. And, yeah, it, it got... I don't, I don't... To be honest, I don't know if I really remember if I lost you or not, but if I did lose you, I blanked out my memory. So if someone's about tagging <laughs> on Twitter, be like, yeah, I beat you with that team, right? Like, all right, cool, you win. <laughs> but Yeah, dude, I just have to say, like, I, I don't know if anyone else experienced this. Maybe they maybe they did, they can tell us. But I felt like this Go Battle weekend was so fast-move toxic. So many charms, so many victory bells, so many Bastidons. I started taking screenshots because I was leading Tapufini for a good portion of, of Go Battle weekend. And I led into so many shadow victory bells. <laughs> I would actually take a screenshot when I won the battle. Be like, yeah, you know, I served a victory bell to win, for example. It felt so good. But still, so many of those teams. Did, did you have the same feeling? Are you running into the same thing? I Dude, had? I got to say, you know, now that I say this, I didn't face this player myself, but I caught wind of this on Twitter the, earlier tonight, right? Because at least two different trainers already complained about facing this player. Someone well known in the community was running a Shadow Victory Bell, a Shadow Gramble, and a Wigglytuff. Literally, literally what I just said, right? The Shadow Vic Double Charmer. Right? I didn't run into no. this person myself, right? And this person was none other than Mr. Valor Ash Mason <laughs> running this team. Dude. <laughs> Who's a great trainer, right? Made it all the way to, I think, the losers' finals of, um, or winners' fi- finals, actually, of NAIC uh against kaiser yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah. galaman loses finals but still very talented battler but you know everyone everyone gets a taste of dark side i guess at some point in time but, you know i think he was actually he was actually influenced by nightwing i think they were both running that <laughs> oh. team but, but nightwing gained like 100 points and mason gained like 300 points with the same uh, team right? yeah i so, guess uh, i guess they're skilled then <laughs> to the team. yeah I want to mention this as well. Uh, we always make a joke about Valor Ash. If he ever like gets back into his 2017, 2018 like prime, everyone else is out of luck. He's just so incredibly good. I remember him winning in Orlando. It was really, really hype, and he's just one of the best trainers just all around. It's a shame he doesn't stream stream anymore. I wish he would. But uh, yeah, one of the best minds in Pokemon, and he was even corrupted by the uh, Vic Double Charm. That's true. That's true. You know. If it happens to Anakin, it can happen to anyone, right? So. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, not not the younglings. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was a it was an interesting weekend. I I, I like the event as a whole. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, there was just a lot. Twenty battles a day was. A, I mean, I was like after my regionals, I thought about, I thought about taking a nap. I was like, should I yeah. take a nap? 
and that started battling. I started battling, and then the like the sun setting. I had to turn on my lights. I was like, shoot, I might as well just try to battle as much as I can at this point, because you're getting some extra <laughs> dust at the same time. So I'm like, might as well make the most of this. Um, I guess yeah. I could have tanked, but I've I've never tanked in my life, so I I just don't really feel like starting now. But nothing yeah, wrong here. with those that may, but you know, if you're running long time, but I just didn't feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it, I don't ever tank. I've never done it. I've never intentionally lost because I just. I don't know if my ego can't handle it or what, but I just don't like to lose. But if I do lose a lot of ELO, I just tell my chat that I'm tanking on purpose. <laughs> exactly. Actually, no, I, I have to correct the record here. I, I did tank. It was, was it? It was Milwaukee, I think. Yeah, it was the last go battle day was during when Milwaukee regionals was happening. And yes. I was casting all day and then we got dinner and stuff and we go back and there was like a quest line you had to do i think it was like 20 battles a go battle league right and i start my battles at like 11:30 p.m. you know oh, no. and i'm just like ah. i was like i got some time right or, or maybe it was like 11:15 and then as i got through a set or two i was like oh wait i don't know how much time left right and there's a few games where i just i just top left it i think cancer cup was around that time or something like that and i just top yeah. left it because like i'm about to lose like it's i just like let's just save some time so i could do start my next battles and i didn't realize that if you quit out battles during for that quest line it didn't count as a battle you did no so, really yeah, yeah and i didn't i didn't realize that until like 11 like 56 p.m so no. so so at 11 56 p.m I'm like what i do so i just bring in like all 10 CP Pokemon, 10 CP Weedle, 10 CP Caterpie, and 10 CP Magikarp, right? I'm like, just take me out, right? Like, I'm not, I can't even quit out, so just take me out as fast as I can. And I kid you not, there was this one trainer that sat there just waiting. I was like, no, I, I'm not gonna win with like struggle on this Magikarp. What are you doing? Like, just take me out. Like, I'm running into like your Lickitung. Like, what do you think I'm gonna do? You know, like, just like, just tap. Like, I was like, I don't got time to waste here. Like, come on now. I was like, don't you yeah. have to do something too, right? And I was just trying to give away these ones because, like, I need, I need to get because the reward was elite TM, right? So it's pretty big. Like, it wasn't like a, like yeah. a few potions or some Stardust, right? Um, luckily, I think I finished at eleven fifty nine. So again, finishing on the last minute is, is I guess, uh, I guess my mo here. But yeah, Caleb strats. <laughs> yeah, Caleb strats. So I will say that's <laughs> the one time I purposely tanked or lost, etc. Um, I did have one random battle this weekend where I was like queuing up my team and all of a sudden I started off with like a 10 CP Ralts and that like really threw me off. Actually, it might've been like a hundred nice. CP or something, but I quit out that real quick. I was like, dude, I'm, there's no way I could get, win this one. It was like, I, I was, I think it was, not only was I leading with Ralts, it was also like a bad lead. You know, I didn't re like run Ralts into like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. What, what would, what would Ralts even be? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah like I'm pretty sure Metachamp beats Ralts. Maybe a Toxic Rogue. Maybe like like it wasn't like I had a Confusion Ralts into a Toxic Rogue, right? Like I was, it was like into like a Steel or something wild. Yeah. Oh, so, that's rough. I was like, yeah, Dude, I'm leaving. Have this you one. been hit by the? Have you been hit by the bug where you select a team and you go into the game and then it gives you a random team and you can't switch? So I thought that's what it was, but maybe I think I might just misclick because the other two Pokemon in the back were the same, or they they weren't the back two Pokemon like. One, my second Pokemon was supposed to be my first Pokemon. My third Pokemon was supposed to be my second Pokemon. And the third one just ended up getting deleted and so raw. So I think I might just misclick there. But I didn't. I haven't seen the bug you're specifically talking about. I think Niantic actually tweeted about that too. Or Niantic yeah. Sport did. 
Yeah, I think they're looking into it. I'm, I'm pretty confident they are. But I had one game, and I was actually recording because I was like, I was thinking, oh, it'd be cool to you know put together some battles with this team, maybe make a video one day. And I jump into the game, and I lead Empoleon. And I can't switch out. I can't do anything. Like there's oh, no you're, you, oh, when you say you can't switch out, like you can't even do anything in the game. I thought you meant like you can't switch out the Pokemon. Uh, I don't. I don't know. What I was thinking. Oh, so you can't oh, even you, right. you physically can't even like like reposition your Pokemon in the lineup or like like during yeah, the battle. So, so you know how there's always the two Pokemon in, in your back, like they're uh -huh. on the right side of the screen. Yeah. There was no graphic. It was just empty. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, and I I lead Empoleon into Dedenne, and I'm like, okay. This is a, a shiny Metal Claw Community Day Empoleon that I've never powered. <laughs> it's like 1357 or something. Uh, I, wait, I Metal Claw is actually not terrible there, though, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I started Metal Claw right? this today. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. neutral. Yeah, yeah. Fairy Electric. Yeah, I think. Uh, and I start metal clawing, and this Dedenne is like, you know, gathering so much energy. This guy is probably thinking, why is this trainer not swapping out? Like, what is this Empoleon <laughs> yeah, doing? He's here? trying to make a big catch here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's I'm trying over for him. <laughs> How many how many metal claws do Hydra cannon, you know? But uh <laughs> but I, I keep on throwing them and then they finally use discharge and they KO my Empoleon. Then I bring in my next Pokemon, which I have no idea what it is. It's like literally roulette. It just comes out of the ball because I can't even select a Pokemon at the bottom of the screen either. And Suicune comes out. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I didn't use a shield on Napoleon because I have no idea what my other two Pokemon are, right? So Tell me the last Pokemon is a Mantine. <laughs> no, but it is a water type. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I throw Bubble Beam bait, and the Dedenne doesn't shield. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me at this point. So I build up to Ice Beam, and I throw the Ice Beam. The Dedenne gets really low, and then they finally just, like, mercy kill me with the Discharge. Uh-huh. And uh, my third Pokemon comes out, and it's Shadow Wall Rain. Oh, like, my gosh. Is it your you real Shadow Wall Rain, or is it, like, one that wasn't built? It's my real one. Okay. Luckily, okay. Yeah. luckily it's my real one. And then it was like four HP because they kept on messing around and like <laughs> taking all this damage from my water types. So uh, Dedenne's really weak, but they switch it. They switch into Wall Rain, and I I double bait Icicle Spears. Uh huh. Land in land in Earthquake. I shield two Earthquakes by myself. What? Land in Earthquake, and then I CMP them on the second Earthquake, and I KO them. So Dedenne's got like three HP, and there's a, a third Pokemon. Out comes Diggersby. And oh. it, it literally gets to the earthquake right like one powder snow before I had my second icicle spear. Oh. I was about to kill the diggers. I was about to sweep with shadow wall rain in spite <laughs> of this glitch and it didn't shake out. It was so unfortunate. Oh, man. They probably were like, I'm waiting for a good matchup with my diggers beat this whole time. And then you just bring triple water. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they didn't switch, right? Yeah, like, honestly, they should have brought the Diggersby into the Empoleon. That was the best matchup there. <laughs> what a guess. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. Me Metal Claw. Metal, Metal Claw, exactly. Yeah. Did you um did you did you save the footage? Because that's still some pretty good content. <laughs> yeah. So I saved the footage and I, I sent it to Niantic Help. They said they would look into it. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. I just want to say again, like I know we talked about it last week, but given the fast move fixes that they've implemented, mm -hmm. stuff like this doesn't even make me mad. I'm just like, okay, you know, this yeah. is one game out of, you know, 100 games. Uh, you know, it's a bug, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't break my heart. But with all the fast move fixes, I say, okay, just this is fine. I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, yeah, like the game's not perfect, but one of the most like persistent like factors that made the game tough to play sometimes 
was addressed, you know, uh, for the most part. So that is, that is pretty yeah. big too. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, I again, like, the Niantic is taking the feedback in, you know, regardless of if you think they are, they aren't. Some things, like things on our wish list or stuff, they may just never implement, but yeah, there are plenty of things that are like little bug fixes. You know, I think they want to fix as much as we do. So, um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of developers here, they dropped a dev diary recently too. Uh, Campfire is the topic of that one. Did you get a chance to look over it? Oh man, so I haven't read the dev diary, but I do have access to Campfire on my app. Uh huh. Um, I know it rolled out to some people initially, and then I think more people started to get it, just how they typically do the rollouts. But I haven't looked at it. Um, can you like? I'm I'm right here with the viewers or the listeners, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, who maybe don't know about it? What is Campfire? Like? Yeah. No. Great question. So, and the dev diary itself, I will say, is like not super lengthy by any means, but it's okay. fine. It's it's you know, it's just talking about Campfire. I don't think it needs to be super long. Um, but it's written by Mikey, a product manager for the social features of Pokemon Go. And um, a lot of... Campfire would have been really nice to have, I think, when the game launched in 2016. Um, or even when PvP launched and stuff like that. No, I think when the game launched, actually. Uh, or at least when raids launched. I'll put it that way. Um, oh, yeah. So Campfire essentially... And, and I have access to it, too. I actually thought it was rolled out to everyone until I was on um, uh, someone's stream. I was doing a dual stream with uh, BTW uh, PvP. Um, and, uh, I was talking to, uh, Dino and he was saying like, he was like, oh, you have campfires? Like, I don't even have it. I was like, wait, what? I was like, I thought everyone gets it. But essentially it's like a thing built into the app. I, I, you have to download the app as well, but once you download the campfire app, it's integrated into all of Niantic's, uh, current games. And when you click on it, it's like right underneath like the go plus button or the compass, whatever, uh, top right side, depending on what you have there. And it pulls you to the campfire app which brings you to a, a, a local map that could go global, so you could check anywhere. And it okay. shows you all the different gyms with and the ones with raids and the ones with eggs. So, you know, and I, I know this might be like a little on the slightly controversial side, but uh, since, I think since the inception of Pokemon Go, there's, or at least after a few weeks or a month or so tops, there were some type of like maps, you know, virtual maps, third-party maps, you know, <laughs> I would say they all break the terms of service in some way, shape or form, but they helped inform trainers of a various variety of things. And a lot of people use them just to find raids, um, even if they didn't use like them as scanners to find certain IV Pokemon or all those different things. They used it to like f navigate the different areas to see where the gyms are at, where the raids are at, stuff like that. And Campfire now is a good replacement to that because it not only shows you... It's, it's, it's built into Niantic's platform, but it's most importantly made by Niantic. I feel like I'm like doing a sell for it. I'm not. I'm just... This is my honest opinion. It's, uh, yeah. it's better for, for the purpose of if you're trying to do a bunch of raids and stuff, right? And you're trying to find maps for that. It is probably the best tool for that because you not only see the, time, the timers on everything, just like you know, third-party maps, but you see, you know, where they are and you can scan any location, right? I could zoom out and go to where you may be at, Speedy, and look at your area 
and vice versa yeah. or anywhere in the world or, or a potential place you're going to travel to. Or maybe if you're going to move and you don't have a chance to visit the place in person to open your app, you can check to see if there's any gyms in your new neighborhood that you might move to, right? Which is kind of cool. But here's the most important thing. It's made by Niantic, which means that all the gyms and every, all the information is up to date and accurate. A lot of these third party gotcha. maps, like they're pulling data from, you know, you know, Pokemon Go and the client and everything like that. So some of it might be delayed or some of it may not be accurate, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And my guess is they're not free either, right? People are probably paying for these. But this is a built-in map by Niantic, free to use. And it's great, like, you know, just for Raid Hour. Um, I think I used it for Raid Hour this – no, I didn't do Raid Hour this past Wednesday. But I used it for, like, Raids the other day and stuff just to look at my, you know, neighboring around areas. Um, yeah. But that's, that's just the first part of Campfire. The other thing with Campfire is it has social features too. And this is where I wish, like, I, I don't know, pros and cons. I kind of wish Pokemon Go had it before, but I kind of don't because Discord's such a great communication platform that I'm glad I got into Discord. I, I got into Discord mainly because of Pokemon Go. I was playing Clash of Clans for some other mobile game. I used Discord a little bit, but I didn't really know how to use it because I didn't yeah. really feel like using it too much for that game. But for Pokemon Go, it's pretty necessary these days, right? And um, outside, unless you just, if you don't do PvP, then maybe not as much. Because um, some raid scenes, they just use group chats for other uh, platforms. But Campfire, you can create group chats. You could DM people. You can message people on your friends list. That's actually a really important feature. Because the thing with Discord is, if if I'm friends with you in the game, but I don't know what your Discord handle is, I have no way to contact you. Like, let's say me and Speed, like, we don't really know each other. We just add each other at GoFest and we went our separate ways. I don't know where your yeah. Discord handle is. You don't know what mine is. We can't ever message each other coordinate and be like, hey, you want to do Lucky at this time? Or like, uh, you know, um, or well, like, dude. or do you want to meet up for a trade or something? Are you going to be at this event, yeah. right? And so for, for a lot of people in the community, that that's, may seem like, oh, well, it's not that hard to find people. But for I know some people in my local community or in Atlanta when I was living there, there are people that I knew they were still in the same city because I see them send me gifts. I look at the location. I was like, all right, you still live like pretty close to me, but you have all <laughs> your Discord. I even had their Discord uh, username, but I couldn't DM them because they had their privacy settings super high up. So I'm sending yeah. them friend requests on Discord. Be like, yo, like, like can you just have me back? Because like we have this event where like radius expanded by like forty kilometers or something for local trades, right? So we could just do our lucky trades. I've been waiting on this for like years, <laughs> but they won't accept my yeah. friend request. I have no way of contacting them. So now, once campfires rolled out to everyone, I would assume most people would use campfire because just for the map feature alone. But once you use the map feature, then you're connected to the social feature, to my knowledge, and then you can start messaging people, DMing them, people on your friends list, which is really convenient, I think. Um, yeah. because some people just don't use Discord, don't check Discord, but campfire notifications come up right away. Thoughts yeah. on that? Dude, I'm I'm in the exact same boat. For example, there was a trainer in Tampa who I I'd, I'd actually met up with for a lucky trade before. Mm -hmm. Really, really nice guy. Like, really involved in the community. Did a lot of good things. Very easy to talk to. Like, wasn't you know weird. Like, that's always the concern, right? If you meet up with a local, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, which local is this? Was this the one that you know was acting strange? And you know, all people that play Pokemon Go are generally really, really kind people. I haven't run into anyone who's just really off base. But I remember distinctly, this this gentleman was really nice. And I tried to get in contact with him for another lucky trade, but he had changed his Discord name and uh, I couldn't find the old DMs. 
And we were lucky friends still living in the same area in Tampa. And I could not for the life of me find this trainer and contact him for a lucky trade. And I just sat on it for like over a year because there was no way uh-huh. to reach out. Right. And I, I'm very much in the same boat as you are because you know, Discord is great. And honestly, I would not use Discord if not for Pokemon Go. But there need to be other ways to contact trainers. And I think the pushback on this is always that, okay, not only are you revealing your location and like setting up beacons, maybe there's safety issues there. Like what if you don't really intend on being there? What if you intend on sending other people there? And then, you know, some you have like other nefarious motives. I understand those concerns. And then we have concerns about chat as well. For example, in Pokemon Unite, you have to play two or three games together before you can start to message each other. So it's very hard for someone in Pokemon Unite to just play one game, get mad, and then just send you, you know, a hateful text, you know, you're a bot or, you know, you're terrible, whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> in Pokemon Go, I mean, that's always been a concern as well. So I'm really interested. I think it's a great idea, but I'm very interested to see how Niantic mediates and moderates this new feature because I think that is going to make or break it. Yeah, and... I wonder if there's some age restrictions. It doesn't really say on this dev diary, but there might be an age restriction. Um, or maybe there, it's on their site somewhere there. But Because I can yeah. see, like, like, you don't want people messaging minors, all this random stuff, you know, that could turn into, sure. like, a big, like, legal issue, too. So I, I think uh, that hopefully no one... I, hopefully no one goes down that route, but if anyone does, uh, hopefully there are things in check to prevent uh, anything from being too serious there so um so i wouldn't be shocked if like you can't message certain people that are under 18 or whatever for that and you know if you need to coordinate someone if you need to coordinate like a trade with someone that's under 18 you should their parents should probably be there anyway right so it's yeah of um, course so it's probably the safer call but um yeah. yeah and beacons yeah that was another thing i didn't mention yet uh but for be- for those that don't know there's a beacon feature so let's say there's a raid happening an hour or like 20 minutes from now, right? Or this raid going right now. I can press that and say like light a flare, I think, or light a beacon, whatever. And yeah. it sends mm-hmm. a ping to, to my knowledge, to everyone on your friends list, <laughs> which no is kind of obnoxious. Because here's the thing. If it's like, oh, I'm trying to alert. It's different than saying I'm trying to alert my locals and nearby people to do this raid. No, it alerts everyone on your friends list. It doesn't alert other people, to my knowledge, that have campfire next to you, right? Um, and that could also be annoying because if I'm, like, living in the same apartment as some guy trying to do this raid down the street, like, I don't want him, like, pinging me all day long, especially if I'm not their friend. But at the same yeah. time, too, like, what is me pinging this gym nearby me going to do for, you know, you, uh, wherever you are, right? If you're, Especially if you're not in the same, let alone, like, city, but not even the same state, right? Or someone not even in the same country, right? Like my friends in Europe or like in Asia. Like what's that going to do for them? Like I guess yeah. it's part of it's like, oh, maybe you want them to join in for a remote raid. But is that necessary to ping all like, you know, X, Y, and Z <laughs> amount of friends? Like you have like that's a lot. Of, you you only have 10 people in a raid anyway, right? Like, like why do you need to tell yeah. hundreds of people this? So yeah. I think that feature is... I don't, I don't really see the purpose of that. I don't really understand. Because you can already DM people. So let's say if people want to join the raid, you could just message them like, hey, do you all want... I guess like it's part of like, I'm lighting a beacon. If you want in on the raid, DM me, right? But like that's that's like an unspoken thing, right? Like no one's really set that <laughs> that cultural norm to my knowledge. So like I got pinged by one of my friends. I didn't... I wasn't like 
hey, let me go message this person and say, I want to join on the raid they just ping me at. I don't even know if they meant to ping, yeah. like what they meant to do with that. Maybe they're just clicking around and they did exactly yeah. what I did, you know, like two hours prior. Um, yeah. One other really cool feature about Beacon that I haven't really, or sorry, not Beacon, Campfire that I haven't really looked into yet is there's a group groups function. And if you look at the groups function, I was added to one group. Um, it was a Ghost Stadium group, actually, so shout out to them for setting that up. I don't know. I actually didn't look in specifics of, like, if anyone could create a group or whatever. But you could create group D- group DMs. So, like, me, you, and, like, some of our friends can, like, create a group chat together, right? Um, and we can just message just, like, it's, like, group chat on, like, group chat on, like, you know, Facebook Messenger or Twitter or Discord even. Sure. But the group feature looks a lot like Discord, actually. It like oh. like the channels here. I'll send you a screenshot in our chat so you can see what it looks like. Obviously, the people audience okay. members cannot, um, but you're just kind of take my word for it. Um, but um, yeah, the group functions, it's weird. It shows like how many members are in. Even like the left hand panel side looks like there's openings for other you know groups like Discord essentially. So you see that right? Like even the channels that has that like <laughs> little dash thing. I'm like. How is this not copy like copyright? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. No, you're right. There's rooms that are labeled like general chat or <laughs> yeah. announcements. Yeah. Dude, what? Announcements. And like, if you look at the left hand side, you can. There's like icons for the different groups you're in, so you can clearly add more. Like, it looks just like the left hand like column of Discord with all the different icons of all the servers in. Right. It's, it's wild. Anyway, yeah. So, but. <laughs> Again, like this would have been really cool to have, I think, when Pokemon Go first launched. Obviously, Niantic had their hands full with a thousand million things when the game first launched. So, you know, like I'm glad that this is finally coming to fruition. And, you know, we'll see how once it's rolled out to everyone or a majority of players, how people take use of it. I think at a bare minimum level, it's great just for rating and just for the map service. I think that alone makes it really nice. Um, I think that was also just a feature that Niantic always needed to add because I could be wrong, right? Because I, have, I haven't done these myself. But for those people that do like those like Wafu like raid train things right, where they do like like 50 plus raids a day or whatever yeah. or like 100 plus raids a day. I don't know if it's possible, but like a lot, a lot of raids a day. Like uh, they're not just driving around aimlessly trying to find the gyms, right? Like they probably have some <laughs> yeah. way to navigate them. Um, but that's that's good for the company too, right? They're making money off of that. They're not like spoofing to these gyms. They they just need to know where the raids are, and this adds in that feature, uh, which is yeah. nice, you know. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like remote raid passes in some ways, right? Remote raid passes were a good implement- implementation for people that don't have a lot of gyms near them, so they couldn't do as much. And if you live in a rural area with no gyms around you, or like a one gym around you, and spawns like one raid every few hours, and it's not even a legendary half the more than half the time. What are you going to do, right? You could, you're not going to move. So some people might spoof, and, we, and I'm not encouraging that. But you could see where the train of thought would be, because they're like, I can't get the thing I want because I don't live in a, a city or area that has the resources to. But I want to play like everyone else, and then you know they create remote yeah. raid passes and that solves that problem. So um, I think yeah. it's a good, it's a good solution that I don't think. I don't think it goes against their values because it still allows you to explore and go out and stuff and check out different things. It just gives you a yeah. little heads up on like where to go instead of like as fun as like the concept of exploring aimlessly, like maybe Ash Ketchum did in the in the anime <laughs> is like that's just that's not realistic. Like we don't have the time or resources or ability to just do that random. And plus, like it can be dangerous, like randomly just walking around, like you know, not knowing where you're going. So. Yeah, I mean, Team Rocket could find you. I've, <laughs> That's, also, true. That's true. I've also wondered, like, how Ash affords food. 
and and lodging, you know, like uh-huh. I mean, he's he's like you know a teenager, right? So how can he? I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get into all that. Um, well, well, so I, well what, I think I think uh, it's unclear in the in the anime, but in the in the main series game, on like the I remember in the, on the Game Boy, it was whenever you beat a trainer, they give you some some money, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, but you know, that's that's not happening in Pokemon Go, right? Because I beat. I'd be out a lot, a lot of money this this weekend alone if that was the case. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, for me it was always uh, I learned this after like my third or fourth run uh, through. I think it was Pokemon Blue, but I started to play with Meowth because I just used Payday over and yes. over again. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, you know, normally you get like you know fifty yen or fifty Poke dollars, or whatever, mm-hmm. for being a trainer. Then it was like a hundred or one hundred fifty or two hundred because of all the paydays. So. Yeah, life hacks. Um, something <laughs> I wanted to mention for for uh, campfire. I think the beacon feature could could actually be really useful at safari zones or even go fest because the park is usually pretty big where these events are held. But if you have a beacon lit like right where a hundred percent Snorlax is or hundred percent Lapras, you can go like look on your app, find the beacons, and then go to those locations. Otherwise, you have to rely on like word of mouth, and maybe there's so many other catches you're distracted. And like if you play like me, you're like fast catching the whole time because you want to make the most of the event. Wait, so correct me if I'm wrong. So beacons and light of flare are different, or it is the same are they? Thing. They may not be. So, uh, so, there, so there are flares. Trainers have lit flares. Think yeah. of flares as beacons, okay, real-time yes, yes. markers that direct attention to a particular location. So, the, yeah. So th- that's. I think it could be a really useful tool, but like, I think they need to retool it a little bit because at the moment, you're not wrong, right? I think that could be cool. But the two things. One, you can only light a flare on gyms. You can't light a flare on like a specific area. Like oh, on the map, call. yeah. So, so that's kind. Of, I was like, eh, I get because they're using it to like alert people gyms, but then again, the second thing is also like it. It only alerts people on your friends list and not actually people nearby. So if I'm if I'm at the same park as you, if we're both at GoFest, like I'll see it because we're friends in the game, right? But so well, like your friends in like Germany will see it. You know, the nut ninety three is gonna be like, why am I getting pinged all the time and you know all the way in Seattle, right? Um, Washington. Yeah. So so that's yeah. So I think, but I do agree though. I think that would be a really cool feature. Uh, yeah, I just don't know how. Yeah, we got. I think we just gotta figure out how how to do that too. Because also like. Yeah. Currently, I think the light a light a flare um, mechanic, it doesn't really tell you anything. It just tells that there's lighting a flare, right? Like imagine yeah, if someone's interest. Yeah, imagine yeah. if I'm trolling you all and be like, "Oh, I light a flare in the corner park." Everyone runs over like, "Oh, what is it?" I was like, "Oh, nothing. I was just, I just, I was just messing around, right?" You're like, "Oh, like I thought it was like 100 percent Snorlax or something," you know? Like, like yeah. So I think if there was info like that, that would be cool. I don't know if Niantic wants that part, but like that's like part of the community thing, right? It's like because in person, like that's that's how it is, you know. I, I think I saw a clip of um, Berlin's Go Fest where everyone was like huddled around trying to catch 100% Snorlax with the uh, cowboy with, with the cowboy hat, yeah, yeah. And the the whole like field was like packed with people because someone mentioned it, right? And just word of mouth, everyone just ran over. So, um, yeah. so that'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Uh, I mean, if you have someone like like Onion Frank or Wadaj or uh, Swampyard or Ashish, if you have those trainers on your list, I I think that they definitely will ping like random locations and say, oh yeah, this is a huge interest thing, but they just start trolling, you know. Well, I think here's the most inqu- important question: 
Well, they even have access to campfire because they're underage. <laughs> true, right? <laughs> they're gonna have no to wait kids. a few years to start trolling people, is my guess. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah. But anyway, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's nice to be young, right? You you have other perks like not aging rapidly and you know, yeah. creaky bones. But uh, that aside, um, yeah. So that'd be really cool. Uh, I think it's we'll see how it progresses, but. For the most part, like, I haven't been DMing people. I've been just, like, messing around with some friends, just, like, DMing some random stuff. Um, nothing, like, like really obscene or anything like that. Just, just, just like, banter and stuff. But, um, yeah, but uh, at the moment, I think the only useful feature for me personally is the map feature. But we'll see how it develops. Again, I think it's, it's a tool that they've been aim Like, they've been trying. I feel like they've been trying to do this for years, to my knowledge. You know, I feel like we've, we've heard wind of this. But um, it's cool that like the moment they dropped it, it's pretty smooth. I mean, it does what it does pretty much what you expect it to do. Um, it doesn't do like a thousand things, but again, like for the utility of just the raids alone, like I think it's fine. But yeah, um, another thing to remember is that a lot of things that come out the first iteration is never perfect, and sometimes yeah. it's not even that good. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're going to take feedback and try to adjust and try to make it better. Uh, the the campfire that first lands is not going to be the campfire from you know six months to the future. If you remember, like trying to evolve Pokemon with shards back when Pokemon Go first came out, it's going to be probably something similar to that. There are going to be features that get axed pretty quickly. Wait, evolve people evolve Pokemon with shards? What do you mean? Yeah, so when you first started Pokemon Go, there was um I I don't actually understand the the initial method. Maybe it was the beta model, but I think I saw screenshots of trying to evolve like a Charmander with shards instead of candy. It was really crazy. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. that was a, this is the first time hearing it, so what a throwback. Yeah, it's it's really kind of fringe, right? Because this came out during the beta. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people might not know about it, but if you're a day one player, maybe you are familiar. It's pretty interesting how, how these things change over time. Yeah, neither of us are day one players either, so <laughs> I'm, a, True. I'm impressed that you know. But, um, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, well, with that said, so Campfire looking like it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll see how that develops. There's not too many other July events that have been announced so far. We do have GoFest this upcoming, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after this one. We have obviously Starly Community Day coming up this Sunday, but outside of that, uh, no like week-long events uh, at the moment. But we do have GoFest as well and uh, in Seattle. And both me and you will be there along with many other awesome people to my knowledge. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to attend. I mean, GoFest is always just an incredible event. I know those kind of sound like filler words a lot of the time, but it really is just very special to, to get together with everyone and have those uh, unique memories. And uh, yeah, I don't know what the spawn pool is going to be like for GoFest. Maybe there are some uh, predictions or some graphics out there, but hopefully some good stuff because I don't know about you, Caleb, but I like to just walk and catch constantly. I'm like grinding hard the whole GoFest. Yeah, it's... <sighs> I love these events, but they also, I don't know if it's just me. It can't be just me, but like, I don't know if it's the majority of people or not. I'm stressed. Like there's too much going on. You know, there's yeah. like people you want to talk to, people you want to hang out with, but you can't really look them in the eyes when you're talking to them because you got to sit there glued to your screen, catching everything on your screen. And like half the things are despawning when you're trying to catch them because there's just so much going on. And it's, uh, it's overwhelming. And then you run it. Once you hit that backspace limit, uh, on Pokemon storage, that's when you really start stressing. You're like trying to praise stuff and transfer, and then like, but there's still stuff spawning. So, 
Um, yeah. It's a whole fiasco. It's fun, but it's super chaotic. Like I think it's just, and there's a lot of, I would say I'm more of an extrovert, but even I need like some time to recharge and have some alone time. And like those kind of things, just like there's so many people, there's so much going on. Like at the end, I'm just exhausted. I'm like, I didn't even do much. I just walked around for a few hours, but um, yeah. it's it's well, a great time though, to say the least. No, it really is. I, I have a pro tip for everyone that's listening. Uh, looking ahead, you know, GoFest, like you mentioned, Caleb, coming up the 22nd, uh, or yeah, 22nd, 23rd? 23rd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a pro tip for everyone listening. So next Tuesday, July 19th, Staryu is in the spotlight, but you also get two times transfer candy. So if you're going to max out all your trades and try to clean out your bag, you can transfer all those traded Pokemon away for extra candy on Tuesday. And it's good to just empty out your entire bag so that you're ready for GoFest that weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I That's a really great point. And on top of that, there's a lot of reasons why you should be excited for next Tuesday. So if you're not transferring stuff for extra uh, candies, you definitely should do that. But also, Staryu is one of those Pokemon that give you extra dust. Um, extra yeah. dust for per catch. Because, you know, I think in the main series game, you get I think you probably get more money or currency or something when you catch them. Something like that. Because you can sell, like, the pearls or, you know, gems, whatever, inside the star. Actually, now that I think about it, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah, if you think about yeah, that, sure. like, how you're <laughs> getting the extra money from the Staryu, we don't have to go into that. But let me just see exactly yeah. how much it is. Yeah, the lore is, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, Staryu gives you 750 dust. Whoa. That's a lot of dust. Dude, that's, actually, think about how crazy that is. Standard Pokemon, just 100, right? So essentially, for Staryu Spotlight Hour, they're essentially doing you, they're essentially giving you 7.5 times Stardust. And then you throw a star piece on top of that? Oh, man. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, that's, I got to do some maths here, but uh, you're when I like say, a thousand, right? a thousand, yeah, when I say 100? do some maths, I'm just pulling out a calculator. Yeah. So you're getting a total of 1,125 dust per star you catch. Whoa. Oh, wait, it has it on the website. Cool. It has on Go, uh, Go Hub. <laughs> yeah, so so it's a it's a thousand and um, one hundred twenty five Stardust. Now, if it's weather boosted, it's fourteen hundred and six Stardust. So even more. It's probably what? not going to be raining in California, but um, but maybe it'll be raining where you're at. So um, yeah, so for anyone listening, yeah, so for those that are in Seattle early, it's probably a good chance you you'll get some rain there too. But um, yeah, so that's pretty big. So. Yeah, do what Speedy says, right? Uh, transfer stuff. But it, a pro tip on top of the pro tip is to label everything you're going to transfer ahead of time. So once 6 o'clock hits, you transfer everything. You can just go and catch for the next hour, right? Because that's a lot of Stardust you can get. And boy, do I need some. I don't know about you all. Oh, yeah, you're still at 3 million or something, right? Did you ever make the warm dam for ADL or no? Dude, I really did. I, I built it. Okay. 16,000. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. I think uh, we're probably not allowed to spoil the results of ADL the first week, uh, but it, the first week has concluded. Um, but How are you feeling? I feel I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, I got okay. quite the team. We can't. Uh, my team was not revealed on stream yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. But have you seen my team? No, I don't think I have. Oh man, well, I I'm gonna go look at it. Yeah, go look at it. Go look at it. Uh, and I'm going to look at your results. And everyone listening is going to be like, "You guys both suck" because we get no info off of any of this stuff that's happening right now. But yeah, I know it's like a huge tease, right? Uh, but, it but is. 
Okay. I actually okay. had one of the biggest the biggest three O's of my life this week. So oh, I'm wow. Well, you better rate it a 10 out of 10 for the stream. I'm sure the other person's oh, giving it a zero out of zero. So a zero out of 10. <laughs> so you got to you gotta bump up the score somehow. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I'm looking at your team. We actually have, oh, man, we have two picks in common. Oh, okay. Nice. Good okay. choices, man. I'm surprised you got your fifth round pick that late. Dude, Holy crap. I had some massive steals. My sixth round pick, too. Like, I would yeah. just... Oh, just highway robbery right there. I don't know what was going on, but hey, I'll wow. take it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I like your. I like your stuff too. Yeah, I do see yeah. our overlapping stuff. The one of overlapping stuff, I'm I'm a big fan of. So. Oh yeah, me too. I think they're good value picks, right? And uh -huh. then there's one Pokemon that uh, Jingles is actually mad. He was like, "Man, they should have banned this Pokemon. It's way too busted to make it past the ban round." You can probably tell which one it is. All right, how about this? Uh, let's since since everyone listening is probably super frustrated by this point. I'm uh, I'm, we can play a little game. If you're not currently in ADL right now, uh, if you guess on the promo tweet for this on um what myself and Speedy have, um then we'll give you a shout out. So here, here I think that here's the competition in my mind. You have to guess either. You have to guess you you guess two Pokemon, one from my team and one from Speedy's team. And if you get both Pokemon right, so let's say if I have a Bastion on my team and Speedy has a Fortress, if you get bo both Fortress and Bastion, then you're you two out of two, right? So you get the Shadow. Now, I will say this. There's a lot of Pokemon banned in this meta. Uh, what, there's like 36 players total, right? Is that correct? I think. Yes. Yeah, so 36. So there's 36 bans right off the bat. So <laughs> I'll put it this way. If you're going against Bastion, it's just not going to happen because it's already yeah. been banned. Right. Um, I don't think Fortress has been banned, but you know, I don't know if it's going to be picked up. Um, but uh, that that being said, and then we do a draft for our divisions. So of eight players, eight players do a draft within. So myself and Speed, that's why we have overlapping ones because me and Speed are in different drafts. Um, but we're in different divisions, I guess. Uh, but all the universal bans are applied to both of us. And on top of that, there's additional eight Pokemon that are banned in the middle of the draft phase for each division. So uh, for example, something on my side might be, this is just an example, it's not correct or not, but let's say Registeel snuck through, right? And no one picks Registeel in the first three rounds. Then after the third round, someone can ban Registeel so no one else can pick it for just that division. So there's like additional eight bans per division. So all that's to say is good luck if you're going guess. I think it'd be fun, right? <laughs> but yeah, sh uh, should we give any clues? Um... Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking sure, we could yeah. say they're both dual types, and then say one of their typings. Or no, is that too much? Uh, okay. Yeah. How about this? We'll, we'll, how about this? We'll say we'll each say how many dual types we have, right? Okay. So, okay. so how many dual types do you have in total? Okay. Let me let me flip back over to the other graphic. I was still. Uh, oh, okay. Your no team. worries. I I have five out five out of my six are dual typings. Actually, all six of mine are dual types. <laughs> That's sorry, sorry everybody. <laughs> so that's helped very little stuff. I mean, I guess yeah. they, I, I, that actually is pretty helpful for y guessing yours because there's no way you have like a K9 or a Politoed or uh, I don't know, yeah. like a, like a Berserker, or a Pachirisu, a yeah, Berserker, yeah, stuff like that. So I guess it could be you know, and the cast forms, but all right, best of luck to those, I guess. You know, watch this be a dead Twitter post and no one's saying anything, and, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but, I don't know. The, the real ones will comment, right? That's true. If you're a true fan, you'll go find you'll go find the Twitter post on this. Um, yeah, so excited. It's it, We'll see how it is. It's a pretty stacked field of competition. 
uh, I don't, I don't know. Every year I'm like, oh, I'm like excited on week one, and after week one I just like tank, <laughs> and yeah. then I stress to try to make playoffs, and then I get eliminated in playoffs. So it is what it is. But it's a fun time. It's a fun time to see the drafts. It's every Sunday on Arrow's channel. Uh, so ADL, so be sure to tune into that. Uh, Sunday around like um Central Time afternoon. So for some people in Asia or you know further time zones, it might be your Monday, but. Um, anyway, we got some tea to cover. This is yeah, a good dude. one. I feel like we keep shifting the, the tea topics because there's so much, but I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Yeah. You want to introduce it? Yeah, of course. So, uh, as we've talked about a couple times on the podcast, and if you've been following the play Pokemon tournament circuit, you know that there's one more competition that's going to be held this season. This is our world championships in London in August. And the prize money was just announced for Pokemon Go. So for those unfamiliar with the tournament circuit, there are three primary games now because Go is introduced. You have VGC, TCG, and Pokemon Go. And both of the two that I mentioned prior have been in the tournament circuit for going on nine, ten years. There's a lot of skill, a lot of depth to those games. And then Pokemon Go is brand new. So when the prize money got announced and Pokemon Go's prize money being pretty similar to another title... People had thoughts. People had opinions, and they were talking about it on Twitter. I mean, Caleb, do you want to say the amount, or do you think it's fair? Where do you want to take this? Yeah, yeah. So the breakdown is the, the, uh, let me clarify this. There's a little inaccuracies in the tweet, right? Um, okay. So it's someone, I believe this person actually plays mostly TCG, I think, the trading okay. card game, to my knowledge. But. They were commentating on VGC for some reason in Pokemon Go. But anyway, so the prize pool for Worlds for VGC first place is $10,000. And the prize pool for Pokemon Go is also $10,000. Um, and the the quote, uh, the tweet reads, Pokemon Go earns the same prize money as VGC at Worlds. That just feels wrong. Uh, yeah, let's unpack this a little bit. I will say it's not fully accurate. So obviously second place for both 7,500, uh, 7, third place for both 5,000. But the, here's where it differs a little bit. Fourth place for VGC is also 5,000. Fourth place for Pokemon Go is only 4,000. And the screenshot cuts off there. So my guess is the values diminish a little bit for the lower uh, place value. So it's not exactly the same, but you know, I think they were mostly focusing on like the top price pools, especially one through three slash, you know, the first, first spot. Yeah. I, I, it, it feels weird, you know, and obviously me, you and everyone, most of you listening to this are probably a little biased in that regard, right? Cause we love Pokemon go and we've been playing, we are excited to be a part of this official play Pokemon circuit this year and be a part of worlds with all the other Pokemon, big Pokemon games. Um, I don't know. It it feels almost like there's like a almost a sense of like gatekeeping, you know. And I I get that there's more total players for VGC. So should there be more prize money because there's more players? Maybe you can make that argument. At the same time, too, they also capped the amount of players we can have at Columbus. So we would have had probably more players if we could have like tickets sold out super quick. But at the same time, too, to be fair to them, they also capped the numbers at VGC, and VGC sells out all the time. So even if there was no cap, they probably still outnumber us by quite a bit. That being said, I don't know. I don't. I don't love this take. You know, it's just that like, like sure, 
we're we're the new kids on the block. It's our first year doing the competitive circuit, but at the same time, like, do we not deserve the prize pool? You know, I I don't know. It, it's it gives me weird feelings. I I'll, I'll put it that way. Maybe I don't have the best way to describe it. Let's put it this way. Also, yeah, maybe this year we've had more pri- We have the same amount of prize pool, right? We don't have more, right? I can see why they'd be upset if we had more. We have the same amount, which I guess with less players, eh, it is it is what it is, right? It might feel a little weird to them. But this is the first year we've had any prize pool. Like yeah. VGC has been around for years, for what over ten years, right? In the play Pokemon circuit. I mean, you add up all the prize pool money from the past ten years, like you're far exceeding what we got, right? I mean, this is our first year. If you really want, if you really have gripes, you should look at Pokemon Unite's prize pool. Pokemon oh, Unite's prize pool is uh, in total over a million. At World specifically, I don't know, um, but let me look that up while while. Uh, you share your opinions, but um, yeah. yeah the, okay, so the Pokemon Unite prize pool is um, specifically in total will be is over uh, is a, over a million dollars in prizes for like including all the different regionals and stuff leading up to it. But obviously, we're not counting that for London. But just at Worlds alone at London, it's five hundred thousand. So. <laughs> That's a lot, right? I mean, is that, is that not a lot? Right, and so here's the thing, right? Um, for World Championships, the total allocation is $100,000. $100,000. Now, of course, you have teams of five players. So, but each person's taking home twenty thousand, right? 20, so, so that's still double of what VGC is. I mean, look, if you got... You know, I actually kind of want to re- reply to this guy now. Now that I think about it, I might be like, um, you know, like 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 Pokemon Go's been around since 2016. PvP has yeah. been around since December 2018. Really, just 2019. If you really want to be, you know, round up a little bit or round down, but hey, Pokemon Unite's been out for less than a year. <laughs> like, yeah. I should know. I think yeah. it's been. I think it's just been a year. Yeah, it's roughly a year. I think. Um, it came out. I think last. July sometime. Maybe it's it hasn't been a full year yet. It's almost a year. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I just googled it. July twenty first, Pokemon United. Yeah, came out. yeah, it hasn't been a full year yet. I mean, look, oh, you got dear. gripes like. Yeah. I mean, you could bark up this oh. tree, but this is a much bigger tree for you to bark up. <laughs> so. Oh, so here's here's the thing, right? Here's the thing for me. So just like you said, the the prior two games have a lot of seniority. There is a degree of gatekeeping. You never want to be the establishment and then just have a new game or a new challenger come along and just really kind of get the same uh, kind of reward that you've been working for all this time. And for Pokemon Go, we felt that way about Unite as well. We felt that we've been trying to be competitive. We've made our own tournaments. We've tried to get into the tournament circuit for a number of years. And we finally got there. And then we look over our shoulders and Unite is here 11 months later, you know, and they're like, hey, we're here too. And by the way, our prize money is double what you get, right? Or, or triple or whatever the total amount is. Um, but here's the thing, right? Even a Pokemon Go player on Twitter replied to that post and said, I think it's funny that people are arguing in favor of Pokemon Go because the skill, the, excuse me, the skill ceiling for VGC is higher than Pokemon Go. And that gave me mixed feelings. I mean, obviously VGC has a ton of depth. There's a, you know, terrain, there's all kinds of different status effects, held items, there's so many different variables that go into it. And this is something we talked about with Gabby, like when they're picking their team selection before they start the game, there's a lot of downtime because people are trying to pick out their team and imagine scenarios. And then once the battle starts, it only goes for four and a half minutes. 
VGC, much more depth, much more complicated. TCG involves more collecting, right? You have to go and get your cards, you have to build your deck, you try different strategies. There's also a bit more randomness involved. You can't control how your deck will play out uh, throughout the span of a battle or a tournament. And then with Pokemon Unite, it's a team-based competition, and it's the first ever team-based competition for Pokemon. So I think there is precedence for each one and an argument to be made for each one. Is there a higher skill ceiling for Go than, than VGC? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's fact faster reaction times, I, I would think. But then Unite feels like a combination of that plus a team element. So there's so much depth to these games, and I don't know if you can compare them in the same way. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and it's just... I don't know. It's it's just weird to be like the arbiters of what should get the most amount of money. Like I get maybe it feels weird to like not get as much as you think you deserve, but at the same time like who are you to be the one to restrict how much another game should earn, right? I mean, if we if we really want to like dive I mean, obviously these are all hosted by the Pokémon company, so it's it's you know, but how the money flows and how they decide these things can be like completely, like unknown to us, and there may be various factors. So, like for for Pokemon Unite, like MOBAs are meant, like are 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 made to like have big prize pools. I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's just popularity or the funding or investments, whatever. Like, yes, a million dollars total sounds like a lot for the first season of Pokemon Unite, but I mean, the we're on the tenth season of Dota two, uh, which is one of the original MOBAs along with. League of Legends and the prize pool for Dota 2 for their like worlds and their inter is it called like the international was over 44 million dollars. Whoa, <laughs> dude, you're taking wow. over a million dollars home, I think like over two or three million dollars home by yourself if you make <laughs> first. Like, it's it's crazy, but it's just uh, like, like you could be like, well, it's it's a more high skill game, and I kid you not, it is much harder than Unite from my experiences when I played it. But is it 44 times harder than Pokemon Unite, right? Or I should say 88 times harder because it's only half a million for Worlds, right? For Unite. Yeah, true. No, true. but like, you know, it's just like you can't quantify things in these ways. You know, how the companies allocate their funds and stuff like that for these events, it, it is what it is. But just, I mean, for lack of better terms, like crying about it on Twitter is not really going to do anything, right? Like, <laughs> like that's just my honest, brutal take, you know? But, I mean, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that Unite has a million dollars for their first competitive season, half a million for Worlds. I think that's cool, you know? I think that'll get more people into the game because you have, I mean, where the money goes, like, the crowd kind of follows sometimes, you know? Like, like yeah. I, this is going to be weird, right? Because this is the first year we've had the a competitive play Pokemon circuit, but I actually do wonder how much this will impact Sylph in uh, individual Sylph competition for the future. Because why spend all your time and resources on individual Sylph when you could be spending your time and resources on the competitive play Pokemon circuit? Now, granted, Sylph is also like pretty much all year round outside like a month or two, whereas play Pokemon's mostly from like spring to early fall, right? So there might yeah. be, you know, unless they expand the seasons. Like, there's a lot of downtime, right? So there, there still uh, is a selling point for Sylph. But I wouldn't be shocked if some people just decide to give up Sylph to do play Pokemon because you you have the official Pokemon company behind it. You have prize pool. You have all these other things like backing it and infrastructure that, unfortunately, Sylph cannot compete with because they're run on volunteers. And But that's just kind of the unfortunate reality. You know, the crowd will fall where the money goes a lot of times. 
they're not going to ignore it, right? <laughs> like, if they up the prize pool even more for Pokemon Go, like, people aren't going to be like, well, I'm going to play more Sylph now. Like, it's going to be the complete opposite. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, that that's a, it's, a, it's a good selling point, though, to, to games, to audiences, because you get more people interested because they see the money. They're like, oh, maybe I want to give this a shot, right? Hey, look, mm-hmm. the guy tweeting this or anyone else that thinks it's too much. So if you think Pokemon Go is that easy and just a bunch of tap, 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 then, hey, we welcome you. <laughs> we welcome yeah. you to the competition, you know, like, hey, like if yeah, you want to help us. Yeah, if you want to help us sell out tickets early for every regionals and internationals, like, hey, I'm, I'm down for that. I'd love to see more people play the game, you know, and maybe you yeah. will be good, right? Maybe you'll prove me wrong. Maybe, hey, easy 10K for you. But at the end of the day, too. It doesn't really matter. It's one person getting $10,000. Like, you know, whoever that person is, I'm I'm not going to be mad if they get 10,000 over like 7,000, right? Like like yeah. like what's a I don't know. It's not like the Pokémon company's just raining money on the rest of the community. <laughs> it's it's a very select group of people and yeah, it's it's actually it, I mean, it's a lot of money, but at the same time it's not like life-changing amount of money. So, yeah. Just let them have it, you know? If you really feel that strongly, maybe pitch to VGC why there should be more money. Like Unite, you know? You know, why try to make it less? But to be fair, I don't think... Like, the way they were, the tweet was very vague. It was unclear. <laughs> if they, they weren't... They said, it just feels wrong. But there wasn't really any solution. Like, are you trying to... Are you trying to, you know, ask for less or for us? Or you ask for more? Like, I, I think, like, they just try to write it that way to be safe. Um, Daniel Zaneri actually wrote a pretty good response in my opinion, but he wrote, why does it feel wrong? I'm just asking so I know what you're basing this on. Is it because VGC is the main series game or because it's older? I'm just trying to gauge here. And I think that's a really good question, right? Because I don't want to jump to too many assumptions here. Like the guy just did not really explain it. And, you know, I get me might feel weird to them, but hey, I don't know, man. Get used to yeah. Pokemon Go. <laughs> as long as we're invited, know. I think there's going to be plenty of people here to stay and here to compete. And, um, you know, yeah. maybe give it a shot if you're if you're really curious how it goes. I think there's a, there's a lot of sensitivity on both sides, right? Like, mm-hmm. we feel like we've earned this after we've made our own tournaments for so many years. And if you watch, uh, for example, there's a great documentary on Super Smash Brothers and how they came from a community-driven game into the official tournament circuit. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, their their duration of community-led tournaments was twice as long as Go, and they wanted it so badly for so many years, and they finally got it, and it paid off. And I don't know. I feel like you know, in in our own ways, we've earned this position. And Pokemon Go also has the physical element. Like you're going out, you're actually being active, you're attending events, you're you know getting out there in person. And I think that also you know should be considered when we talk about prize money. Now, some people might play things like like you mentioned, like Dota, or maybe they play Apex Legends or some of these other uh, famous shooter games like Valorant, and they see ten thousand dollars in prize money and they say, oh man, this is this is a joke. This is tiny, right? This mm-hmm. is just change Uh, but what you have to consider as well is that uh, pokemon is generally still geared towards a younger audience still geared towards kids Uh, they do have a a large amount of infrastructure right biggest ip in the world so they can put on these incredible tournaments and the showcases are incredible like everything looks great and they really do invest in it but what i'm trying to say is that you know (laughs) We're still we're still kind of in this Pokemon world where things are a little bit whimsical. It's not money driven. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to earn some money, but it's not going to be like cutthroat competition that you want to just go crazy for. But that being said, Pokemon Unite 
getting half a million dollars for worlds. I know this is like a, a, a very common phrase, but I, I really do believe in this situation, a rising tide lifts all boats. If we can have Pokemon Unite kind of be the banner in terms of money, it brings more people into Pokemon, that trickles down to the other games as well, and it just improves everything. Because if we can get more viewership, more investment in these games, maybe Pokemon Go is next to get you know promoted into more advertisement or more infrastructure or whatever it might be. Maybe VGC, TCG comes after that, you know, who knows? So I think it in the net positive, it's a good thing. But like you said, the, you only have 140 characters on Twitter, and it's easy to like point at something and say, I don't like that. But then people follow up and they say, why don't you like that? Right? That's the most important part. Yeah, I you make a really great point too. Uh, I know you said maybe Pokemon goes next, but <laughs> if, if that was really next, then people are really going to have some words on Twitter. But no, I think <laughs> you bring... Yeah, uh, I think you bring up a great point though, because um, like that's so true. If you think about it, if Pokemon Unite started, like, you know, right now it's half a million, right? If they keep increasing the prize pool, right, they get more funding and stuff like that, maybe next year it's 750000 right? Or a million after a year or two, or a couple million after that. There's, I feel like there's almost no way that the Pokemon company could just ignore the other games. You're like, yeah, we got a couple million for Pokemon Unite now. It's starting to match some of the other big MOBAs like League of Legends and Dota, which is cool. But we're just going to leave Pokemon Go and VGC at 10,000, right? Well, I mean, just inflation alone, they should probably increase it. But, <laughs> but you know, if that if you see that, then from an optics standpoint, they kind of have to increase everything else, right? So I think that's a really great point, right? If you if if there are flag bearers for like prize mo- uh, prize pool amounts, you know, that's that's actually a really great idea to you know just. I mean, just support the other Pokemon games. You know, we're all we're not all playing the same game, but we're all playing Pokemon, and you know, we're all at the same events. You know, and we all want Pokemon as a franchise and brand to grow. And yeah. like you said, like any growth is good growth. I think. Um, well, it's like at EUIC. You remember when uh, we were doing the European International Championships, mm-hmm. and they liked our cast so much that they patched us into the VGC stream. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What are the odds that, you know, there's the, maybe some downtime in Unite and they patch Go into that? Mm-hmm. Or they patch VGC into Unite and show off a different aspect of Pokemon? There's there's a high degree of cross-pollination and, like, uh, kind of collaborative growth that happens with these games. And, yeah, I agree with you uh, with what you said a moment ago as well. Uh, again, I think that once you have a flag bearer, once you have a standard set, you kind of have to keep up. You can't just fall behind. Yep. Yeah, very good points. So, anyway, my hot take is maybe that wasn't the best take on Twitter. But to be fair, the guy left it pretty vague. So, I think to avoid any potential canceling or backlash and stuff like that. But it is what it is, you know. We're making 10K. We're, our, our first player, you know, finisher is getting 10K. Your first person player in VGC is getting 10K. Pokemon Unite first place teams getting 100k, you know, it is what it is. So, um, but uh, either way, it should be exciting. Um, And again, it's at the end of the day, it's one person or one team getting this prize pool. Like, are we all getting it? No. Like, it's (laughs) it's impacting someone's life for sure in a positive way, but I want to stress too much about it. I'd just be happy for them. But that's just my take. Anyway, that was a. also an interesting segment, though. Every every week, we're like, ah, do we have any tea this week? And we're like, oh, there's always something going on, on Twitter. So, 
Yeah, always. Um, it's a it's a great time if you it's a it's a great place to waste all your time that you you never thought you would ever waste uh, until you log on. So <laughs> it's always it. entertaining, right? Every week. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um. Anyway, uh, that's that for us. And then, uh, do you want to talk about the Road to Worlds? It's upcoming this this weekend. A big event for you all. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, for us, hopefully, actually, hopefully I, Caleb Ping will be there as well. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, the promo came out today, so <laughs> I, I sure will. Be. We're dressing up too, right? Um, or no? That is to be determined. I'm I, cool I with either probably... way. I just need to get an iron <laughs> before then. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I'll go well, with whatever everyone else is going with. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, Road to Worlds is coming up this weekend. It is a Essentially, it was an idea created by King IV, where he saw all of these runner-ups from the Play Pokemon tournaments not getting travel awards, and he felt like they were really missing out, and I'm sure they felt that even more intensely, because you get so close, and then you don't get that travel award, and going to London is no small task. I mean, obviously overseas for a lot of trainers, or you know, across multiple countries, and Getting to that tournament could could be it could be a once in a lifetime chance, right? There's no guarantee that next season you're going to be second place at, or second place at Milwaukee or you know second place at Indianapolis or third place in Columbus. There's no guarantee. So essentially, what we put together is a tournament consisting of all of the runner-ups from the previous Play Pokemon Regionals that wanted to participate, and it's a single elimination or excuse me double elimination open Great League tournament, just like a Play Pokemon style tournament, and yeah, they battled it out. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a trainer that gets awarded the money needed to go to London. And it's all money raised by our community, by our sponsors, and by our friends. So if you are interested in watching, it's this weekend. The battles are intense. They are absolutely nuts. And so many times this this past week, we've been like reviewing outcomes and just saying, my goodness, how in the world did this trainer end up winning this match? So all of that drama is going to unfold. It's going to be Saturday, Sunday, King IV's Twitch channel. Saturday is going to be a longer day, and then Sunday are the top eight trainers. So it's something you don't want to miss. And I believe Caleb Ping will be making an appearance as well. Yes, I will be one of the lucky casters there, along with uh, you, Tua Butters, and Gabby Snyder. So a little run back from North America International Championship. So should be a good time. It uh, should be a good time. Um, it was funny because I got invited to it and then Math Magic was like, join the server. I was like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I'll join it. And then afterward, I he messaged me. He's like, hey, did I talk to you about this in Columbus or no? I just checked our DMs. I, there's no history of me talking about this with you. I was like, I, I don't think I responded to him yet, but I was just like, no, you just kind of just dropped this link on me, but I'm happy to help. So, um, We just assume you're in. Like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. The show doesn't happen without Caleb, so come For on. sure. Count me in, count me in. Um, but yeah, it should be a great time. And a really, really cool idea, too, uh, because a great way to kind of give back uh, to some of these top-tier trainers that might have just missed out, you know, on an invite by, you know, one or two fast moves. So, um, but we would love to see as many of them go to Worlds. Uh, you know, I think it, it would it would be it would be unfortunate if only, like, half of the participants went, you know, so um, that, that qualified. So it would be really cool to see more people there and represent our game and stuff like that. But travel is not cheap. So, and it's all the way in London. So unless you're local in the area, uh, which I assume most people are not, it's going to be tougher. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be a good time. So be sure to check out. It'll be like Speedy said on King Stream. Um, that being said, 
Uh, we're going to wrap up for today. We may or may not have a guest for next week. We're still going to confirm on availabilities, but let's try to we'll try to diversify a little bit and bring on some guests too, um, and uh, you know get some different voices in here too. Uh, and maybe the what's the tea segment can be, you know, something even spicier. See what their take is on that. Oh man, yeah. Let's let's have a full blown argument. I think that's what people. Have. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mister Guest or or Miss Guest or whatever, uh, this is your most controversial tweet of all time. Any get a get a commentary on it? <laughs> you, you want to back this up right now? Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of wild. Um, yeah, maybe I would actually. I think it'd be cool. Maybe we won't do it for this one, but I think it'd be cool if we have the guests planned out. We can also ask some people on. Um, questions they might have for the guests i don't know but yeah or even time. guest suggestions right the guest listeners suggestions want to hear too someone. drop some guest suggestions we may not listen to it but drop it anyway <laughs> we may so <laughs> you know but all right yeah. well hope you all have a wonderful starly community day oh i do have to give one apology to at least one person maybe multiple people um one of my patrons and supporters e110 uh you might know him as well speedy uh, in a lot of twitch yes. chats as well Mm-hmm. I was on uh he's I was coaching him last week. We we're talking about some silk stuff, and he's like, Hey man, I need uh my lawyers need to speak with you because I got a bone to pick. I was like, Oh shoot, I was like, What happened? He's like, Well, I was listening to a podcast and you are talking about how you evolved these primary partner Pokemon, right? These starter Pokemon, uh during this event, and you get the exclusive community move. But we forgot to mention, I heard, I listened back on this and it's, it's true, we never mentioned this. Mainly because the two of us might have not picked up on it at the time when we recorded. You could only get these community moves during the Go Battle weekend. Oh, the no. Saturday and Sunday. On Friday, when the event started, on Monday when it's still going on, uh-uh, it's not going to cut it. And oh this gosh. patron of mine evolved him on Friday. Or Thursday, oh, no. I don't know. Yeah. and uh so so he's down he's down bad yeah (laughs) i hope all he evolved was like a blastoise with one elite tm move that he needed instead of like a charizard that needs two elite tms i think i I don't the other thing is i don't know if he noticed right away so if he evolved some other stuff then he's really he's really out so my apologies to e110 and anyone else that may have erroneously taken our advice we will We'll do our best next time. If not, we'll hire some lawyers for you all to uh, sue us with. So uh, just forewarning, we're not really making any money. So you're, it's going to be a very costly lawsuit for just you. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Well, at least not right now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you could also feel free to put in a... No, no, don't do that. I was going to say put in a ticket to Nice Sport and just blame us. <laughs> That's the reason why oh, it didn't no. work out. But no, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Anyway. Uh, Obi, have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you all next week. Yeah, take care, everybody. All right, bye.